Welcome to Crosstalks, conversations that drive innovation. In this podcast, we featured well-known payments expert Hugo Cuevas-Moore. This series is based on his 2023 book, Sending Money, Forex, Remittances, Immigration, and the Fintech Revolution, which dives into the evolution of the cross-border financial services industry. Crosstalks is published by Crosstech, a conference and consultancy service company based in Miami, Florida. Each episode is 24 to 28 minutes long. Thank you for listening. Hi. Let's look now at part three of this short story of foreign exchange, episode eight. With the collapse of Dick and the emergence of new foreign exchange companies, FEX, restructuring their businesses according to new regulations and the desire of governments and regulators to closer monitoring their activities, the sector undoubtedly changed. Serving their wealthier clientele, besides doing what they could to avoid any criminal activity involving drug trafficking, as well as arms and other illegal trafficking of goods and services, dealing with political corruption was also very complex, as PEPs, politically exposed persons, became a subject of surveillance by the authorities too. In 2003, the Financial Action Task Force, or FATFA, issued mandatory requirements for the first time for supervising PEPs, their family members, and close associates. In February 2012, FATFA, following Article 52 of the United Nations Convention Against Corruption, UNCAC, expanded its monitoring efforts. As preventive measures, they required that all regulated financial institutions, whether banks or non-banks, monitor PEP transactions and often report them to ensure the transparency of the public employees' financial activities. Depending on local regulations, financial institutions must monitor and report PEPs now in almost every country in the world. Knowing your client, KYC was going deeper and deeper into the personal lives of clients. The difficulty of compiling lists of individuals and companies, either suspicious, banned, sanctioned, PEPs, etc., by one institution, encouraged the growth of companies that could centralize all this information and offer online verifications. The first Rectex, regulatory technology companies, were born which support compliance departments with verifying clients, including those issues by the UN, OFAC, along with names associated with criminal financial activities published in the local or international press. Now it's easier to track wealthier clients than undocumented migrants, which has been challenging for remittance companies, but that doesn't stop many regulators from demanding this information too. In addition to monitoring PEPs, regulators have aimed to track the purchase of luxury goods, jewelry, precious metals and stones, real estate, art, yachts, all luxuries that can be linked to illicit capital movements. Required reports were mandated to FECs, banks, and companies related to these services or products too. Now we're going to move into travel and tourism as a very important industry for the foreign exchange businesses around the world. Since 1950, the growth of travel and tourism, TNT, 
has been remarkable, showing a continuous increase year after year. The surge of this activity has been regarded as one of the most significant economic and social phenomena of the 20th century. The number of tourists grew from 25 million in the 1950s to 67 million in the 1960s to 278 million in the 80s. In December 2012, the historic milestone of exceeding 1 billion tourists in a single year was reached for the first time. Before the pandemic, TNT accounted for one in four of all new jobs created around the world. 10% of all jobs, 350 million, and 10% of global GDP, $10 trillion, belong to this sector, travel and tourism. Most analysts believe that the trend for 2023 and beyond will most likely yield historic highs even with the fears of inflation, recession, and the geopolitical crises. The increase in TNT has also brought a rise in foreign exchange earnings, or FEEs, which are directly related to foreign tourist arrivals. FEEs come from foreign payments on goods and services required to be purchased and paid with domestic currency. Business tourism is the main source of FFEs for the destination country and the banks and non-banks providing the services. FFEs are a source of hard currency for the country receiving tourists. The provision of currency exchange services is very profitable, not only at airports around the world, but also in city centers and wherever the affluence of tourists makes them profitable. Tourist exchange, which commercial banks initially provided in the developed world, has been taken over by small non-banks, foreign exchange companies, and larger forex retail chains. Now, foreign direct investment is also an important source of FFEs and cross-border payments. All of this has given governments enough reasons to support and promote travel and tourism. Due to the development of airports as commercial centers, mini-malls, and the competition of companies to bid for the locales offered, facts have to compete fiercely for the coveted priced spots. Sometimes airports give a chance to local companies to be granted a place as a way to encourage local entrepreneurs, although they are normally awarded to multinational facts. Some of these granting processes are open and transparent, but there have been many cases where corruption has stepped in. It is important to note the importance of TNT and FFEs of islands and jurisdictions such as Macau, with the world's highest percentage in GDP contribution in 2019, 75%. This is followed by Aruba, 64%, then Andorra, Antigua and Barbuda, the Maldives, etc. In terms of the total earnings of travel and tourism, the U.S. far ahead with more than $84 billion in yearly revenues, which is followed by France, $36 billion, then Australia, UAE, Italy, etc. There are no better stories in the TNT industry than one of the two iconic firms from this sector, 
Travelex and Thomas Cook. Both companies have a shared journey as their path crossed in 2001 and are part of the cross-border payments industry we're analyzing. The Travelex story began in December 1976 when its founder, Lloyd Dorfman, opened his first store in central London, Express Exchange. He had four stores in London by 1978, and in 1980, he began providing exchange services at ferry terminals and on board ferries, the first one on the route between England and the Netherlands. In 1986, his company became the first non-bank foreign exchange retailer at Heathrow Airport. Express Exchange became Traveler's Exchange, opening at New York's JFK Airport in 1989. In the 1990s, the company expanded to more than 50 terminals in 34 U.S. airports by acquiring the foreign exchange businesses of Mutual of Omaha. Then came the acquisition of Thomas Cook Global Financial Services in 2001 for about $1.2 billion which gave Travelex a worldwide network with stores and business-to-business -business payments division. The company continued its expansion and growth with a new logo and the slogan, Worldwide Money. I would like to outline the story of Thomas Cook, TC, immediately linked to tourism, undoubtedly the grandfather of all travel agencies. TC entered the foreign exchange business as a result of being part of the travel and tourism sector. The founder, Mr. Thomas Cook, started the first train excursion between Leicester and Lockborough in England on July 5, 1841, with 485 passengers, including his seven-year-old son who, upon his father's death, continued the family business. TC and Son opened its first travel agency in 1865. The company first advertised air travel in 1919, after the war. In 1928, the founder's grandsons sold TC to Wagon Litz, which continued with the brand. It entered the foreign exchange business through vouchers, a kind of money order that tourists could acquire in Thomas Cook to exchange for local currency in the destination country. This became a very lucrative business for the company. In 1979, it opened its foreign exchange business in the United States to distribute these travel checks to U.S. banks. In 1990, Thomas Cook bought Dick Pereira's stores upon this company's collapse, followed by the 1994 acquisition of the interpayment services of Barclays Bank, creating the world's largest traveler's check company outside of the U.S. Thomas Cook's travel check and foreign exchange business became part of MoneyGram in 1994, when it was a division of American Express, which also acquired its travel business, accepted Thomas Cook Airline. After a few more twists and turns in September 2019, the remnant of this great 170-year-old travel and foreign exchange business empire ceased completely to exist. Travelex, in turn, sold its prepaid card business to MasterCard and its international payments business to Western Union in 2011, a few years after the acquisition of the Thomas Cook stores. In 2014, the firm announced its sale to an Indian entrepreneur, Dr. Shetty, and other associates. Dr. Shetty had founded UAE Exchange, 
a foreign exchange company and express money, a money transfer operation in 1980 and consolidated this purchases under a holding company called Finable. This company went public, and I will describe the sad story of the collapse of Finabler and its impact on the remittance industry in a later episode. With this collapse of Finabler, Travelex was able to continue operating on its own. It had acquired Brazil's Confianza Group in 2015, and in 2017 launched the bank-to-bank international payments platform. Now, in 2020, three events put the firm at the risk of collapse. One, cyber attack on the computer systems that rendered them inoperative for a few weeks. The pandemic, whose effect on travel suspension and tourism heavily affected the tourism exchange sector. And third, the collapse of that holding company, Finabler. Separate from Finable, the company restructured in 2020 to become the new Travelux Group, and the company is expected to continue its recovery. There are dozens of Travelux competitors operating in airports around the world. As an example, Global Exchange is a Spanish company which is active in many of the world's airports, especially in Latin America. It was founded in 1996 by the Alanis family, in the Portuguese border town of Fuentes de Oñoro, in Salamanca, in Spain. In 2022, it reported 330 branches in 23 countries. Fexco, an Irish company founded in 1981 by Mr. Brian McCarthy to provide tourist exchange services, has bought several companies over the past decade. Acquisitions have been increased in its presence in the marketplace. It purchased number one currency in 2012, Intercash in 2014, and others. Its specific division runs over 50 offices and 200 employees in New Zealand, Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, and many other Pacific islands. In addition, it handles more than 1 million money transfers per year through a partnership with Western Union. Pesco has been one of the largest Western Union master agents in Europe, offering money transfers in all of its offices, in addition to other business services, B2B payments, which it has developed independently of Western Union. Competition for foreign exchange locales at airports are very aggressive in other countries, like in India. Wasteman Forex, a long-established company that first entered an airport in 2012, has challenged the largest provider of airport exchange points in India. Ebix Cash World Money, formerly Centrum Direct. Now, some banks have entered the tourist exchange business, but the long operating hours, the operation on Sundays and holidays, and the high cost of airport locales have caused their presence in this market to be temporary. However, in many countries, banks have hindered the provision of forex services by foreign exchange companies by failing to open bank accounts to them. Some of these entrepreneurs have resorted to traveling with large sums of money or sporting cash, which, although done following all regulatory rules, have always faced custom controls, sometimes truthful and manageable, sometimes in search of handouts and bribes. Let's talk now about traveler checks, which was a very important business and, in a way, associated with travel and tourism, and also money transfer. 
Travel checks were first issued during the Crusades and the pilgrimage of the Middle Ages. Yes, when royalty and wealthy individuals carried letters of credit, which upon presentation allowed them to obtain food, lodging, and other services in distant lands. The Order of the Templar Knights had a monopoly of the control and care of these luxury pilgrims on the routes they traveled. In the country of origin, these luxury pilgrims delivered either gold or silver pieces and valuables, and these Templar kings would give them a document to claim funds and services in all the Templar houses that were scattered around the routes. It is still possible to see the traces of these Templar houses along the Camino de Santiago in Galicia, the route of the stars to Compostela, and hear stories of these knights who achieved great power before entering in defiance of the Catholic Church that suppressed their patronage and ended this long-standing practice. Now, the London Credit Exchange Company issued the first traveler checks in 1772. They were valid in 90 European cities. A century later, in 1872, Thomas Cook made the first trip around the world and realized that people found it difficult to adapt to currency changes. By that time, in 1891, in New York, American Express launched its first travel checks, but they were not very popular as they could only be cashed at American Express offices, which were very few at the time. But the idea of the traveler check was well received by Amex customers, who found them very secure since they could be invalidated and lost. Additionally, they required a signature from the user who signed them when purchasing and again when selling them or exchanging them. So Amex began looking for agents who would accept those traveler checks and exchange them and creating a huge network of agents around the world. I should note that Amex was originally a courier company and its courier services were for many years its core business. At that time, they slowly became one of the largest foreign exchange companies in the world. By 1909, Amex had sold $23 million in traveler checks. It was a very great deal. Travelers bought the traveler checks and although they paid a small amount for them, they were giving Amex an interest-free loan and the company made huge returns investing these funds. By 1970, this investment fund was in the range of $1 billion. The larger the number of circulating traveler checks, which might take weeks to redeem, represented a large profit for the company. Amex also issued money orders, a product very similar to traveler checks developed for a different target group. In 1990, traveler checks began to lose their popularity among travelers. Traveler check customers were offered the option of using the American Express cards. American Express had, in 2020, 54 million cards circulating in the U.S. and 58 million in the rest of the world. Over the years, travelers began using prepaid cards followed by debit cards, which along with ATMs replaced those traveler checks. The proliferation of foreign exchange companies offering currency exchange services also made these traveler checks obsolete. But the use of them have not disappeared in 2022. 
although very few people know their existence. I must note that Amex, as a foreign exchange company, launched its money transfer subsidiary MoneyGram in the early 90s in Europe in an agreement with Thomas Cook to use all the offices and agents as part of the distribution network that he had developed for traveler checks. Now let's look at the present. Banks are thriving in many countries with clear regulatory measures, allowing them to provide products and services where local markets offer options to compete fairly with local banks. Banks have built a stable customer base familiar with the regulatory requirements regarding all the AML international requisites. Some have managed, not always smoothly, to have sustainable banking relationships within their local markets. Bank accounts in higher currency, which they need to operate, have also been a challenge for foreign exchange companies in Latin America, Africa, and Asia, where effects have faced enormous challenges to exist. As you might have noticed, I have not described Forex brokers in this section, as they are not in the money transfer business. Forex broker is a financial services company that provides traders access to a platform for buying and selling foreign currency, normally between a pair of two different currencies. The clients of Forex traders are currently speculators or investors or large institutional clients. Speculation on the direction of currencies is one of the largest markets in the world, and most of these brokers offer trades between pairs, like the US dollar and the euro, the pound sterling, Japanese yen, etc. Now, FEX in the US and Europe, both traditional retail companies, especially the new digital FEX, have dramatically changed the marketplace by introducing online services to their clients individuals or companies. Most FACs have kept providing money transfer services to a wealthier clientele than money remittance companies and are also now challenging banks using technology to serve business clients. They're competing with the banks for a selective P2P and B2B niche that banking institutions are trying to preserve at all costs. They're also pursuing the more affluent individuals, the luxury migrants, and international business people. Singapore and the United Arab Emirates have become increasingly important financial centers, with these countries seeking to improve regulatory and corporate facilities rivaling London and New York. Now, global competition has also benefited the growth of effects in those markets. Mergers and acquisitions are a good indicator of the dynamism of a market. There have been a handful of these M&As and Financial, a subsidiary of the Chinese Alibaba Group, acquired in 2019 World First for $700 million. The purchase of World First, whose trading volume was estimated in 2019 at $10 billion per year, and the number of clients at about $1 million, was not easy and had learned that geopolitics were not in their side. So World First, before the final sale, closed their U.S. operation to prevent the U.S. government from blocking the purchase. The Trump administration had stopped the sale of MoneyGram to Unfinancials just two years earlier. 
In Great Britain and Europe, regulation has favored and promoted the creation of non-bank financial institutions, payment institutions, PIs, or electronic money companies to compete with banks and offer better, more efficient, and less costly consumer services. SEPA payments have also helped to open up these banking networks for non-banks. Another interesting development is the establishment of exchange banks in some countries, like Brazil has done. There, the central bank has done an impressive work modernizing its financial market, fostering a very private surge of fintechs and neobanks. Tourist exchange in many countries are regulated differently than large foreign exchange companies or money transfer services. In some countries, they are confined to offering only currency exchange services. That means the physical exchange of bills. Many tourist exchange op companies have been agents of money transfer companies from very early on in the beginning of the remittance industry. But some governments, for example, Mexico, Colombia, Nigeria, have limited the use of money changers as remittance disbursement agents. Many retail facts have been actively engaged in offering cross-border payments, whether they're P2P or B2B. Novacambios, for example, a company from Portugal, Spain, and France, was initially dedicated only to tourist exchange business, but later developed its money transfer service, Real Transfer, also making agreements with multinational companies as Western Union and MoneyGram to offer remittance services in their stores. Novacambios also developed a network in Portuguese-speaking African countries, Angola, Namibia, Mozambique. This shows you how the two businesses, foreign exchange, whether retail or in cross-border payments, are closely linked with money transfer or remittance companies. This is the end of the short history of foreign exchange. I'll see you in next episode where we continue with the history of money transfers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crosstucks, Conversations that Drive Innovation. The book Sending Money is available on Amazon. For comments, questions, and feedback, use our social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. See you soon.